Welcome to Bottomless Brunch, the podcast with me, your grateful host, Coleman Domingo. When I reflect on things I'm most thankful for, time spent with friends is often at the front of my mind. And so I thank you all for spending some of your time with me and a few of my dear friends as we come together and enjoy one another's company. Thanks as well to Crown Royal for presenting this episode and helping us celebrate a delightful Friendsgiving. To me, friends are not only the people who provide us with welcome escape and support from all the other responsibilities we have in our lives. They're a big part of what makes all those things worth doing. They reflect the things we cherish in life and hopefully shine that purpose and meaning back at us. Friendship does take work and it takes time. But whether it's a random phone call to babble on with each other about anything and everything, a brunch that goes on for a few hours longer than you planned, or a trusted soul in a time of need, friendship is very important. I know it. I believe it. So I wanted to have a little Friendsgiving brunch with some people that I love, that I truly love, to connect with them, laugh with them, learn more about them, and just, you know, be friends. Elaine Welteroth is an absolute force of nature who has already made her mark on journalism, fashion, television, and today, all of our hearts. And I'm happy to call her my Sagittarius sister. And then I have my dear friend, Asia Naomi King. She absolutely lights up everything she touches, magazine covers, film, and television screens, and now has an extra special light as a new mother. Like so many of us, they both have endlessly busy lives, and I'm so thankful we're able to get together and share this time. I'll be back right after our conversation with another beloved friend of mine, because it wouldn't be a true Friendsgiving until we hear from my dearest, Stacy. All right, y'all. Enjoy this brunch with Elaine Welteroth and Asia Naomi King. Okay, let's welcome to my Friendsgiving brunch. First up, she's a New York Times bestselling author, an award-winning journalist, a co-host on The Talk, a judge on Project Runway, and she was the youngest editor-in-chief at a Condé Nast publication. Just judging from that resume, you can tell she's a very lazy human being. She's my sister who once clocked a seven-hour brunch with me, and she is a fashion goddess. Please welcome the mogul, the great, the beautiful, Elaine Welteroth. Oh. Hello, Elaine. How are you, my You're love? You're making a brown girl blush right now, Coleman. You know that? That was my intention, my love. That was my intention. Let's see if I can do that for my next guest. She is a talented actor who jumps off the screen and lands firmly into your heart. You know her from How to Get Away with Murder, The Birth of a Nation. You even know her from The Upside. She is my extraordinary friend, dear sister, beautiful, beautiful cover girl, Asia Naomi King. Hello, sis. Thank you. Hello, my love. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? Did I make you blush? You did make me blush. You made me feel so, (laughs) you always make me feel special, just being in your presence. Oh, I just love you and I'm so glad you're here. Well, welcome. I was hoping that last year would be the only not quite normal Thanksgiving. Sadly, this year we're not 100% there yet, but we're making the best out of a situation. I gotta ask you something. What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? Asia. This Thanksgiving, I am so thankful for my community. I am, mm. I am on bended knee grateful for the community of people I get to call my family. 
Um, mm. It is, you know, for all of us. And for all of us, it has been such a trying time and it just seems so unending. So to have, to have people that will hold space for all your emotions throughout and, and also bringing new life into this world, into that space as well, to be able to have the people that, that, that hold you throughout that time, that is what, what I am most grateful for. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Mm. What about you, Elaine? I have to piggyback my girl Asia. I have to say community has never meant more to me than it does now. Um, and it's and also the concept of home, because I think like in this past year, you know, being confined to my home has given me a new appreciation for it. I think I've lived my life, especially over the last decade and a half, just kind of buzzing in and out of my house. It was just like the place that I changed clothes and then just kind of got back out into the world. But yeah. being being at rest and in a, in a state of stillness within my home and finding home within myself and within mm. my small circle of, of friends and who are chosen family to me, I think yes. that has been really special. Um, and and I bought my first home this year as well. And, and moving mm. to LA and finding home, defi- redefining home here um, and deepening my friendships and, this, and, and expanding our village here has just been in a, re- a really intentional, deliberate, beautiful yeah. process that's still unfolding. And uh, I'm really, really grateful for that. This time of year always makes me think of such vivid and specific colors and flavors. So for this Friendsgiving, the perfect cocktail choice was a Crown Royal Cinnamon Apple. You've got oak and vanilla from the Crown Royal Deluxe. We did a little cinnamon simple syrup, some apple cider, a touch of mint. The whole thing comes together to make a great autumn cocktail. And I heard the Crown Royal is made as a gift for a king and queen when King George and Queen Elizabeth visited Canada in 1939. You can find the recipe for the Crown Royal Cinnamon Apple over at amc.com slash brunch. And of course, be sure to drink responsibly. Now, back to my brunch with Elaine Welteroff and Asia Naomi King. Please, I would like to toast you because I love you. And it's so good to have dear friends in my life. Thank you for you. Mm. Happy Friendsgiving, you guys. Aww. Cheers. Thank you. Happy, Happy Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. I love you both. <laughs> Enjoy. Ooh. Ooh, this is good. Oh, wow. This is good. Oh, wow. Like, if holidays were a drink, this is it. Okay, you guys ready to get your Friendsgiving brunch Prepare on? Prepare yourself. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> okay, Asia, <laughs> what did you whip up for brunch? Sorry, I'm laughing because, um, well, this is delicious. This is amazing. Okay. I have here breakfast tacos. Oh. Yes. So we have some delicious, spicy cold oh, pork yes. with some sautéed oh. sweet peppers, what? some some tenderly cooked duck eggs, yes. some pickled onion, a little oh. bit of cilantro, and a little bit of salt on a, get this, a freshly homemade tortilla. Okay, you just showing out, Hello. Asia. You just showing Hello. out. That's just that's now, not to be even real. Right. What y'all? That's how you do Wait, a brunch what? at your house. You really showing out. You know, I don't. I, I don't cook. That's rude. I can't. I can't that's even rude. make y'all toast. Dan did that's all rude. of this. This well, is yeah, all my you, husband. 
Listen, did Dan do all that? Did Dan do that? Yes. Okay, let me tell you something. Every, everybody needs a Dan in their Hand life because Dan kills it. He made I, the flour. He got a tortilla press and made the tortilla. We're coming over. We're coming I'm over. Like, please do come over and enjoy some of this delicious taco. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm hangry. I'm hangry right now. I'm just looking at that like, dang, Elaine, that's how your husband you, does it? Can he give mine yes. some lessons? Yet, he makes every meal. Daily. No, he does He does that like daily. Uh, he really That's is. what he does like yeah. every, every meal. He's like, I'm so in love. Uh, he's a ridiculous <laughs> chef. I'm, I'm yeah. in love with your husband too now. Elaine? Um, <laughs> okay, well, like my friend Asia, well. <laughs> what did you throw not down really for? my thing. Um, I have other strengths, I'd like to think, but I did um, have something prepared. Here it is. It's a, it's a crepe dish. I, I'm trying to show you without okay. dumping it all out, because <laughs> oh. that's something I would do. Ooh, Can you guys see? Yes. Some fresh it's figs, some, some mixed berries. Oh, yes. Wow. Um, what is this? <laughs> oh my God. A, honey, a honeycomb. A honeycomb straight from <laughs> Not what is this? Brazil. Wait, 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 wait. Um, <laughs> and that's all I got. That's all I got for you. But it's gorgeous. It's Gorgina. So wow. Ooh. That's intense. Yes. Don't ask me how to make these. Do not that ask me what ingredients went into this because I don't know. But it looks delicious. <laughs> looks amazing. <laughs> It's beautiful. Now, you guys, I wasn't messing around because I knew this was Friendsgiving, so I, I went old school and made myself a um, delicious, mouth-watering, tryptophan-laden mm. uh. turkey sandwich with cranberry sauce. I mm. made this. I present this to yes. you on sourdough bread mm. uh, with some Dijon Ooh. mustard, uh. Monterey Jack cheese, roasted turkey, cranberry yes. sauce and lots and lots of Irish butter. I put it on a skillet yes! until it's golden oh. brown, and now it's mine. Coleman, Voila. where'd you say you were at? Because I might have to drive by. <laughs> right. You're welcome. I need a bite of that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm um, in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can't hang out with actors. They be lying too good. They're too good at lying. Uh, I'm in Texas, what? Elaine. <laughs> yes. Bon appetit, yes. you guys. Enjoy your brunch. And now we're going to get to some serious talking, okay? Oh, my God. I got to taste this. Taste it for me. I want to see, I, I see how you enjoy your meals, you guys. Oh, oh my God. Mom. This pulled pork. Fresh honey. Did I mention okay, he sous vide the pork for over 24 hours? Oh, oh my God. God. That's amazing. That's rude. Mm. 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 No, it's rude. That's what it is. Mm. Mm -hmm. You two are always so busy creating and working. I want to know, where do you draw inspiration for your creative soul? Mm. And I'll ask that question to Elaine because she just put food in her mouth. <laughs> How are you gonna do that to me? <laughs> this is just brunch talk. Brunch talk. How do you feed your creative soul, Elaine? How do I feed my creative soul? It's a really good question. 
I think this is hard for me actually. Actually, Asia, you take it. I need to sip. I need to sip and think. Okay. Asia, All right. Asia, <laughs> Asia, how do you feed your creative soul? Um, how I feed my creative soul. Actually, I really. I still like this. This is that community thing again. I really look to my friends. Mm. I, I am so nourished by the people in my life, mm. and I love observing their art and their hearts, and and I mean even to the smallest degree. You know, it could be like a poem that my sister wrote, or or a song that my other sister sings. My sisters are very talented. <laughs> but um, I just, you know, I look, I look to you, Coleman. I look to you, Elaine. I see, I see the work that you, that you do and, and the, the heart that you put forth and understanding that the meaning behind it is something, something bigger than yourselves. Like, yes, you are talented. And I think that is incredible. But, but there's a larger meaning because there, is and from my opinion from my vantage point when i'm watching you there is this intentionality behind it to make an impact that has a lot to do with making people that look like us feel seen mm. and that is what makes me feel so special and so grateful to even be a part of this field where we get to create so much and play and and discover the nuances of of what it is to be a human mm. being and exist and yeah. and yeah and so I really I look to my community mm. I I look to nature I look to to how my relationships function and I look to to just how I feel internally about myself and and like and just how not just about how others make me feel but kind of the 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 call and response sort of 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 what we're creating and how we respond in our lives that call to service those those acts of love right they ignite something mm. in me and that makes me want to do more mm. that is you, so Asia. beautiful Asia well, that, that that's, was a whole word. That, that, that was a whole sermon that, right that's there. That's a whole word, Asia. <laughs> that's because, it. Because uh, Asia, that 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 is you, though. Because I've, I've witnessed you. You're always so intentional, and and especially when it comes to um, the spirit of love and how you do it creatively and the way you watch people. I think that's the, I think that's the end of this whole uh, brunch. I now, because know. That was, every, everything was said. <laughs> everything was said. That was nothing but a word, as they say. This Elaine. is testimony time. I love it. Listen, listen, listen. We're, we're in praise today on this Friendsgiving, okay? Right, amen. I want to tell everyone that they should read your book, More Than Enough. It's about yes. race, identity, and your incredible journey. Can you tell me about the moment when you realized that you were indeed more than enough? Ooh, okay, Oprah. Uh I'm right. trying to break you down trying today. You're trying to get a thug tear out of me. Um, I don't know that there was a, I don't think there was a moment, Coleman. I don't think there was a singular moment. I think, um, I do think that enoughness is something that is a universal struggle for, for all of us, no matter where we come from, no matter what our privilege is, um, no matter what we consider our lack to be. I think that um, it's a, a the journey to enoughness is 
lifelong. And I think, um, I think I really started to come more into a sense of enoughness when I, um, I think when I I recognized that all of the things that made me different were, like those those differences were my superpowers. And I feel like that's. Okay, all right, okay, amen, let mm-hmm. the church say amen. No, but <laughs> I, I feel like I spent so much time trying to disguise the elements, the, the parts of me that, that made me feel other or different or like an outsider, like I'm not doing this thing the way I see everyone else doing it or you know, trying to fit into this model, um, this cookie cutter sort of model of whatever I thought it looked like to be doing what I was doing. And um, I, 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 I think I realized at some point in my 20s, like this is a futile effort. You know, I'm, I was put here to do this thing differently. And I, am, I would be doing a disservice to all of the folks that I, I stand here representing um, and all of the ancestors that I, you know whose shoulders I stand on to even be in this moment to try to dim my difference and blend in when no matter how hard we try we all three of us we can't we couldn't if we tried right no, like it's just it serves no one it serves it, it no one. serves no one and I so I think when I felt that first like aha moment of like oh this is futile. Oh, well, shoot, if, if it ain't gonna work anyway, let me just try to relax into this thing that I already <laughs> yes. am. Like, let me figure out what that looks let like. Let that be okay, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I, I coming up in a, a predominantly white environment, I think was part of the, the beginning of that search for myself because I just didn't really feel like I fit in. Um, and then as I went on through life, just, you know, finding myself in these corporate spaces where, you know, I just didn't, I felt like I, I, I wasn't doing it the way everyone else was doing it. I, I, I had questions about the way things were happening. I wanted to do things differently. I wanted to challenge the status quo. And sometimes that makes people uncomfortable. And um, I just realized over time that I had to get comfortable with making people uncomfortable and recognize that I am part of a larger tribe um, of folks who are also first in their field to do certain things differently, who are also the only one in the room that looks like them, um, and and I think for the first for the first sometimes it doesn't feel good being a first. And right? yeah, yeah. And we I think we have we, as a culture we love to celebrate a first, but I think we often, you know, we, we talk about breaking through glass ceilings, but I think we we miss the the cuts and the bruises that come with breaking through um, those barriers and those ceilings. And and um, I think. It's important that while we celebrate these first, we are also creating community for those who are blazing those trails and feeling isolated and feeling alienated and feeling like they're on their own, and, and so that they can remember you're not on your own. And we and I, I so I'm really I'm fueled by again the sense of community whenever I'm coming together with Black women who are doing incredible things in this world, and I'm reminded that we're like all a part of this larger tapestry and we're all in our different individual lanes and we're all doing this for the greater good and and what I'm coming up against you're coming up against and you might have some tools that I can use and I might have something in my toolkit that you might need and let me tell you this story and let me hear yours and like 
that is fuel. That is my fuel. Um, and so that's why I wrote that book. And I, 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 the, you know, it's so funny, the whole book felt like it kind of wrote itself, even though it was a process and it was difficult. Um, but it, it felt so like so much like a calling, you know, that it was something that I just my work was getting out of the way and letting it flow and letting it come through me, letting those stories just find their way onto the page. Um, but the hardest mm. part was finding the title. I'm like, what do I call this thing? And 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 it wasn't until I started kind of really meditating on this concept of enoughness and and how black women are so often told that we are not enough, not, you know, not 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 smart enough, not sophisticated enough. You know, it, the list goes on. And then when we reach a certain point, then we're told we're too much. We're too mm. confident. We're too mm-hmm. loud. We're too proud. We're too black. Wow. And. So I just I was like, you know what? This is it. This is this is what we this is what I want to this is the sort of through line that I want to explore within a community of women. Um, and yeah, and so yeah, that I think that 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 was sort of the birth of more than enough. Just identifying like that is the mantra. Whenever that internal voice comes up, that's that negative self-talk, or maybe you're coming across barriers in your workplace or in your family or out in the world, it's like we need a counter narrative to reach for in those moments that make us, that threaten to shrink us. And for me, that mantra has become, you are more than enough. You were born enough. Hmm. You were, you know, that's, that's sort of the thing that I reach for. And I wanted to share that with other women who can relate to that. Elaine, I'm drawing a line and you're part of this line of women like Maya Angelou and like Toni Morrison like Zora Neale Hurston. You're part, of a, you're part of a great line, and I just want to recognize you for that, and I thank you for that, for being used in service, especially for community and other women. Thank you. Mm, thank you, Carmen. I second that. Thank you. Yes. Asia, a few years ago, you gave this incredibly brave and inspiring speech at the Essence Black Women in Hollywood Awards. I was so Woo! very proud of you. Why was it important for you to share that message about self-doubt in overcoming it. You know, at the time, it's, it's, it's funny because at the time I was getting a lot of attention. I was getting a lot of um, magazine covers and all these, all these really wonderful things were happening for me. And there was something inside of me that was shrinking from mm. it. Like, no, 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 not me. Like, mm, you know, and I like, this anxiety was like created inside of myself where I didn't feel worthy. And, and it took me a while to unearth that it was, it was my critic, you know, that, that like annoying evil voice in your head that collects all your doubts and fears and tries to shout you down and diminish you and can just feel so ever present through every door you try to walk through. And it can be so crippling because it doesn't, it doesn't allow you to be your full self. Mm. Having, that, having that voice just so ever present. And, and I realized like, I realized that I am listening so intently to that critic that I'm, I'm ignoring my own true voice, 
and and my own belief system of what I've deserved. And and it's like, and I'd work so hard to get that kind of notice and attention. And here it was happening. And I was feeling terrified by it because the critic kept telling me, like, it's all a mistake. Mm. You know, like you you don't deserve this. You're not you're not good enough. Mm. And and um and I think once I was able to identify like okay that's that's my self doubt that's the part of me that's saying go hide instead of trying to like take up space in this and and be who you want to be um like once I was able to identify that that is the critic and that is a lie that is not that is not the truth that is not the the doubts in my head aren't facts. That's not what everyone else is thinking. No one's going around thinking she doesn't deserve that, mm. which is what the critic mm. is telling me. Like she doesn't deserve that. She's not really talented. She wasn't. She really wasn't that good, you know? Because it's so much easier to say, "Oh, we're not good," and live down to that, than say, "No, I'm great," and live up mm. to that and beyond that, you know? And and I had to say, "No, it's okay." I can be great, like much, much to everything that you and Elaine are both saying already about just believing that I am enough and walking that path and, and saying like, it's okay to fully try and put yourself out there regardless of what that voice in your head might be trying to tell you to do, making you want to, that voice that tries to make you disappear mm. from yourself. Mm. And... And so once I could let that go and and in a way hear that voice and kind of say like, I don't know what kind of PG, if this is a PG show, but basically be like, F- you voice, like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm like, right. like, like, despite, despite what, despite the way you were trying to break me down, which is really me trying to break me down out of fear, like, despite all that. I'm going to strive to allow myself to shine yes. and like, and let that be okay. Yes. And more than okay to like, to savor it, to soak in it, have my moment, however brief or large it might be to just allow. Mm. And, and a part of allowing is letting go of control, letting go of doubts, letting go of the critic. Mm-hmm. And just being you. Come on now. That's Woo. wonderful. Yes. Come on. Y'all better be praising. Elaine, you had a meteoric career in the magazine industry. Let's talk about it. Ebony, Glamour, being the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. Take me back to the moment <laughs> when Harriet Cole calls you and offers you a job at Ebony. Oh, man. I remember that like it was yesterday. Oh, man. You got to tell me. You got to tell me. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. And I love what you said about people don't know all the steps it took to get where you are. And this this was a pivotal moment um, that completely changed the trajectory of my life and my career. And I will forever be indebted to my mentor, my fairy godmother, Harriet Cole, who I full on stalked 
Uh, I found her on the internet. I read her bio. I saw what she was able to do with her career. She was a multi-hyphenate before that was even a thing. She she went from being in this really esteemed magazine editor to, yeah. you know, creating this incredible uh, sort of intersection for herself um, in this media space in a way that no other black woman had done before. And she had best-selling books and was on TV and was doing this and that. And I was like, you can do that? Like, you don't have to just like check one box. Like you can do like multiple things and you can create a own, your own lane. Like I was obsessed with her when I found out about her. And, and I just incessantly reached out to her. Um, to the point where I'm pretty sure that like I was it was like stalker status. It was like borderline stalker status. And I remember inviting myself to the office in New York City. And I was living in California at the time I was a college student about to graduate. And I was so desperate to meet her that I offered to bring her coffee to New York through her assistant. Her assistant was like, excuse me. What? She was like, you live in. But don't you live in California? And I said, yeah, it's no big deal. No, no, no big deal. I'll, and she was like, please do not get on a plane and fly here to New York City to bring coffee. Like, I was, she was just like, please don't. Um, but it got her attention and it, she was like, okay, I will try to find some time on her calendar. Just do not call again and do not fly out here. And, um, and, then, and then there was this really magical opportunity where we got an informational interview set up on the calendar and 15 minutes turned into 45 minutes. And at the end I said, if there's ever an opportunity to work with you, just please keep me in mind. And at the time I was a, um, a graduating college student with no idea what I was gonna do with my life. And mm. by seeing this woman, I just feel like she, she was a light on my, on my path. And her career became my blueprint. And I felt like I had, I had a game plan to actually try to execute, to try to reach for, you know? So she was my everything and, and we got off the phone. I was like, I'm never gonna hear from her again, but it's all good because now I have my blueprint. And then five months later, she calls me back out of nowhere. And I was at the time, I had graduated. I moved back home with my parents. I was working as a waitress nights and weekends. And during the day I was a receptionist making $10 an hour. And I get this phone call from my career idol. And I remember thinking like, this has got to be a butt dial. But then I'm like, if it's a butt dial, then she saved my number. She saved my number. Oh my God. And so I answered the phone and she, long story short, said to me that she's looking for a new assistant and she has a shoot in California and remembered me and wanted to know if I'd come down and do the shoot for $250 for the day. And I was like, girl, I'm in my head. I was like, I will pay you $250 to let me come shadow you, you know? And and so I, I went down to Malibu and I pulled up at this shoot. She did not tell me it was a cover shoot with Serena Williams. And I was like, oh my what? God. Oh my, oh my God. God. Is this really <laughs> happening? Oh, this is crazy. And at the end of that shoot, she pulled me to the side and she, basically offered me an internship in New York City to work under her on all things fashion, beauty, and cover related at Ebony Magazine. And she was in the middle of sort of turning that brand around and trying to refresh it. And and I just, I, 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 I never looked back. I just, I mm. packed my bags. I actually had another internship at the time that I had begged to get and I had to call them back and I was like, God Deuces. had another plan Gotta for go. me. God had another plan for me. <laughs> and I went to Ebony and I started my career working for this woman. Wow. And I, I mean, I truly, literally can say I would not be where I am without this woman 
making time in her schedule to take that informational phone call, for her remembering me in that moment, calling and giving me an opportunity, um, and then you know taking me under her wing in New York City and being my my boss and my mentor and learning. I just learned so much from her and. Um, mm. Yeah, I I I I it's owe beautiful. her so much, and I feel like I got to pay it forward now. Like truthfully, I'm like, dang. Yes. Yeah. People reach well, out to me. Have, I'm like, you, you know, you're gonna have some college kid calling you. You know that. And sidebar, our friend had a whole baby as well. A she had a whole, whole baby. <gasps> human. A whole human. Asia. A whole How does it human feel? Being. How does oh it feel? God. I'm still trying to figure out how to cut apples. Oh, I feel like. My brain is still not all together uh, <laughs> there. Like that's how it that's how it feels. Like your brain just isn't all together there. And before having a baby, when people would say that they just need more hands, I was like, I don't understand. Like there's two people, one baby. Like the math, it doesn't add up. Now that I am a part of that world, I get it. I get it so deeply. I like you just you can't do anything else but hold this baby. And I'm. It's like I don't I don't want to accelerate this time because I love where he's at, but there's a part of me that's just like, if you could just sit up on your own, <laughs> that I could get I could get so you much more. I can get some things just done. Do this, just like just <laughs> accomplish one task. Elaine, Elaine, by the way, we made this fabulous cocktail today in honor of Thanksgiving. And keeping with the Thanksgiving spirit, how has generosity been a driving factor? in your life? Oh, another Oprah question. Okay, Coleman. Look, look, you're the mini Oprah right here. You know I, see I, mean? I see it. I see what you, I see you. Um, I don't know if Oprah's going to be sitting up here eating a sandwich, though. I don't know if she's going to be doing that. Ah. <laughs> you know how Oprah feels about bread. You know she would be eating mm, that sandwich. She loves bread. She loves, she loves bread. Mm -hmm. Generosity is everything. I mean, I've been the the beneficiary of incredible acts of generosity that I still feel responsible uh, to both repay and pay forward. I mean, even just the story I shared with you guys a moment ago about Harriet, like I, I know what it's like now to be a busy editor in chief. I can't believe that she made time to talk to this random 19 year old um, who harassed her day and night and and that she then remembered me and that she then reached out with an opportunity and that like those, those I'm humbled when I think about the presence of mine and the, and the, and, and the just deliberate, intentional, act of of love that that was and generosity and how she really went out of her way to hold a door open for another young black woman who wanted desperately to get 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 her foot in the door elaine asia i can't tell you how much i appreciate your friendship this has been such a special show for me and i treasure both of you and i am grateful we have this friends giving together thank you so much and cheers. Cheers. Oh, this is, this is so beautiful. And that was our Friendsgiving brunch. Now, like a bountiful cornucopia of thoughts, opinions, embarrassing story, and pure, unrelenting judgment, it's Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, Stacy. I was going to download like the crowd cheering in the background for you know me when I come on stage. I was trying. I didn't. Ha- I wait, ran out of time. You, wait, but I was not, wait. Now, okay. Now it's out of control. Now you're giving yourself your own applause. <laughs> I so do. This, I want my own applause. I want my well, own applause track. You see how these divas get after we do one season together? Now here she goes with her oh, list of demands. Go. Here we go. Here you we go. You already called me with your list of demands earlier. I was just like, that's not happening. You, you, I know you're demanding to be seen. You know, I know that. I am going to be seen. Sometime, <laughs> I don't know, of the powers that be that are listening at one point in this process, I am going to be seen. I like you to just be a voice. Uh, no, because no, I not only have a voice for podcasts, I have a face for TV or Zoom <laughs> as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're here. We're, we're, we're going to do this. You're actually one of my favorite Friendsgiving uh, brunch dates actually well we've spent I'm many one of your favorite friends period wow, okay this is going awry already this <laughs> this podcast i told you come i was on, rethinking this on, whole podcast idea no, you are you are you are you are you're actually really good except for a mother's day brunch <laughs> why we're not supposed to be bringing up old ish you know that we talked about that i don't know you guys as you as you as you all know out there that stacy is one of my um dearest friends that we've known each other since you know ever um so you know (laughs) so and so we we really do um we have lots of stories and i can't help but drudge up some past imperfects on stacy's part i mean on our part in our friendship so uh it just it was a moment i'll just get over it it's about runny eggs and we all know that you have not gotten over it you have not gotten over it you were trying to serve me dip worthy eggs you don't dip anything in (laughs) eggs you eat eggs you should be able to bounce eggs off of a wall and you were trying to give me runny eggs italian baked eggs okay anyway okay now that we're over that (laughs) We worked that out in therapy probably a few more years. We will never have that at a bottomless brunch. (laughs) Never. I want to get some I want to get some thoughts and reactions to this brunch. How was it for you? Oh my God. So it was first of all, it was a true love fest. Mm. (laughs) That's the first thing. It really was. And it was just so great and so warm to, you know. Obviously, you know, I was I listened to a little bit of the background before you guys got into the the talking and just the interaction that Asia and um, Elaine Elaine. had, you know, they were just kind of talking and catching up and just just so positive and and complimentary of one another. It was awesome. It was just the whole um, episode was great. I'm so glad because, you know, because I especially this Friendsgiving episode, it was important to have two people who have actually been over to my house for dinner right. or brunch and knowing that I connected them and they become sisters. You know how I like to just bring people together. But. You you know what? You are the true connector. <laughs> I think I'm not sure. I think Elaine said that. I'm not, or actually, they probably both said that. And that's how they met, you know, that you had put them together. And, you know, when I think about it, half of my Broadway, TV, Hollywood actor friends that I know I met through you. <laughs> and and most of them, I have an, a relationship independent of you now. Like, yeah, I, don't I don't know how I really you, feel about that. Know? I know. I don't really. Uh, that's that's still up for debate. Like, I know whether, that bothers you. That bothers you. Well, that doesn't you, bother like, me. But we don't sometimes, sometimes you, you steal friends, actually. We don't need you to run interference. I don't need you to be the <laughs> buffer. Like, I don't need any of that. Like, if I need them, I'm going to call them, text them, DM them, whatever it is. And I actually like I, that. I, I like that everybody everybody loves you, though. Everyone likes you. You're away always from like, that. Oh, Stacey's so fabulous. She's fun. I like that. 
but you are the true connector. That is definitely that's that's a true statement. Well, thank you. Well, another connector is food. Okay, let's talk about food because Asia went all in and pulled. She pulled out some pulled pork tacos. With okay, duck first egg, of all, Asia's tortillas. husband went all in and pulled okay, see, out. I, that's, a, that's what I was going to talk about. That was a power oh, move. Her she husband lied. went all in, and I think I may want to marry him because he <laughs> those tacos look delicious. He had the baby all snugly. You know, he took him away so she could. Do he's her a cutie thing with too. You. He's handsome. You, you know, he's a pretty yeah, guy. I was too. like, I want to marry him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're taking away from this Friendsgiving brunch. Yeah, that's a, Basically, that I like, want to marry Asia's, Asia's husband, husband is boss. Boss AF. <laughs> like that's, he's, yeah, he's the man. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and Elaine, uh, she uh, outsourced her delicious crepe plate as well. How do you she feel about did. that? No that's one cooked anything, though. What's up with these women? What, that you, was back to one of your epi- other episodes where nobody bore brunch. I was like, nobody the gays, got the, the memo. Gays, the gays didn't bring brunch. Nobody knew the assignment. What's so gays <laughs> and women don't bring brunch. Is that it? You're like, are you too busy? Like, what happened? Like, like, well, you know, to be honest, I didn't actually make my brunch either. I, I have to admit that. Since we moved into our new digs. I, I saw that. Very cool. I, you didn't. Yeah. Nobody told me that. I was like, what's going on? Where is What did he? you think about it? What did you think? What was your first I reaction? I thought it was very cool. Um, yeah, I was just, you know, I, you know, I recognize backgrounds. Okay. That's yeah. a whole nother story too, right? Because she's so a, I recognize backgrounds. Yes. <laughs> and well, I'm like, that's not their house. <laughs> Wait, just like we, that one time like, I was like, that's no, not your no, bedroom. No, 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 we can't bring <laughs> oh, that up. Oh, you don't want to go there. Up. Okay. I no, was like, that's that not up. your bedroom. Where are you? Yeah, that's when I forgot to tell her that I moved to LA and then it mm-hmm. just came out. That Taking that all of my joy and happiness of New York with you when you left. And went. <laughs> okay. We got more things to unpack in therapy. Okay. We realized okay, that. Okay. Now, did you enjoy the cocktail that went with this brunch today? Yes. The cocktail looked delicious, although I didn't have a chance to actually make my own and put my lips to it. We're going to talk about that part of well, the deal, too. Are you, did we not also, send you your cocktail kit yet? So that I can also drink responsibly and try all okay, the deliciousness well, that you know, is, I'm, is I'm, in the I'm crown. So like, I'm mean, going to make sure it happens. I think Kyle, one of our producers, is listening okay, in. We're like, I want to make the rainbow drink. Uh, you're that looked bring, amazing. You're bringing okay, things from anyway. another season now. So you just want to make all the cocktails? Uh, <laughs> See, I, I'm traumatized. <laughs> okay, we will make sure that by the time we get to, probably not the next podcast, because I think we're going to go a little back to back. And when we get to some other podcast, I will guarantee you will have it. Okay. Thank you. So I can make the drink. But anyway, it looked delicious. Everybody seemed to enjoy it, you know, and talk about how was great it was. Royal Even... Now, oh, was, yeah, was no, there really. anything about this conversation that truly resonated with you uh, between uh, Asia and <laughs> Um, it was actually, um, when they, um, well, when you were talking to Elaine about Mm. her book, um, more than enough, Mm. um, that definitely resonated because that concept of being enough is a whole thing, right? That is a whole thing for men, for women. It is, you know, it's a real struggle and, it's tied to so many things, right? right? So relationships, success, um, just acceptance in general, you know, your looks, your appearance, your size, your style, all these different things. And, you know, why you may not have gotten that job or why you may not be in that relationship or why you, you know, um, didn't get selected for 
I don't know, a particular position or something or a role, right? right. Or anything. And you're like, why did I not get that? And was I not enough? Mm. Right? Was something right. wrong? Did you not like how I looked or felt? And so I think that resonates with so many people across the board. Um, and at one time or another in all of our lives, we've asked that question of ourselves. I, I truly believe that. And so um, that's that's a real thing. That's a whole thing. And so it was just I you know I didn't know that she had written that book. I, I missed that. You know I'm you know. <laughs> I I have wedding you know pandemic wedding stoop envy with right. Well, talk, Johnson, talk about right? that. Talk about so that. So I like you know I'm focused on that part of it, <laughs> but like I did wait, not wait, even talk 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 about that because actually you know that's how you came to know who Elaine was. You didn't even know she was a friend of mine. I had no idea she was a friend of yours, and so you know I own the most magnificent wedding chapel in Philadelphia, and um, you know like so many other businesses, we got shuttered during the pandemic, and a lot of couples, all couples, actually not a lot, all couples who had plans to have big elaborate weddings or even some of the smaller intimate ones, obviously all those things were canceled when um, venues were shut down and, you know, people couldn't go anywhere and couldn't leave the house. And um, this uh, just came across my Instagram feed, this picture of her and her wedding on a stoop. And I guess in their brownstone and was it Harlem? I'm not, I don't remember if it was Harlem Mm -hmm. or Brooklyn. And with these amazing florals and everybody had on white and everybody had on masks and everybody was outside and in the street. And it was the most fabulous thing I had ever seen in my life. And I said, if you got to do a pandemic wedding, this is how you mm. do a pandemic wedding. Right. It was, it was just beautiful. the most remarkable the thing ever. And I was on the street huh? of Brooklyn. On the street, on the street. It was amazing. And they had music and they danced and it was just a small crowd. And I swear, I don't think they missed the big elaborate wedding that they thought they were going to have or that they had to postpone. I I bet. I mean, I mean, and, you know, she and I talked about it briefly at your house. Um, we were there, uh, you know, a few months ago that. You know, they thought they would kind of have a redo yeah. later, and they're like, "We're mm. good, right?" You know, we had it; it was great, it was awesome. Because it's, we right? it's about good. the marriage, right? We're good, yeah, right, exactly. It's all about the marriage and not about the pomp and circumstance. And I said, "The and I said to her then, I said, the most money you spent." that day was on those flowers, <laughs> which I clearly recognize. And, you know, she was like, girl, you know, and I'm like, yes, I know. But that, you know, that's a fraction and of what they would have spent. And still, I feel like the significance was there. It was still just as special a moment in time for them. Um, even though it wasn't how what they planned, I still don't think anything was mm. taken away from their experience the way I that agree. they did it. And I I posted it and reposted it and posted yeah. it again for weeks. Like like, 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 like it was like it was a wedding lost. that you you had something to do with. Like it was a wedding that I did. <laughs> like I like I knew her and I had no idea that you even knew her. But I was like, this was boss AF, and this is the way that you do it. I love it. I love it. 
Yeah. You know, and and the other thing I appreciated about it was that they still actually got married. Right. So a lot of the couples over this time just decided to postpone. And I'm like, why are you postponing? Just do something small. Do something in the park. Do something outside. Do something on your porch in your backyard. And people were like, no, no, no. And I'm like, okay, so you're putting it off. But kudos to them. It was amazing. And I I have envy. Up, you know, up the wazoo. She's my favorite because of that, solely because of that. <laughs> I have a final question for you in this podcast, which is um, a lot of things were, that these women were talking about was about self worth. You know, Asia yeah. being a, with her campaign as well, being a face of a campaign, and you know, Elaine as well, and being especially being black women as well, and always being challenged with someone trying to dim your light. You're someone, as I know, yeah, who. I believe you keep the lights on from for the most part. You know, I think that I, I love the way you dress. Any anytime you're going to an event, you're going to a, a one of these you know dinners around the world, and you're wearing feathers, and you 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 do the tables and all that stuff, and you have a lot of light. Are you have a challenge with that? Do, do people try to make you feel smaller in some way, and that you have to? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because, and I mean, I'm just going to say this, I'm really not being flipped, but because I appear to be this pillar of strength, right? Because I just do, you know, I'm a single parent, I own my own business, I like to travel, I'm, I'm going, I'm doing, I'm taking care of business, whatever that means. People don't realize that sometimes I also have a Mm. moment, right? Or I have not a moment, a lot of moments where I'm just feel beat down and tired, right? And feel like my light is dim and feel like I'm overwhelmed or feel like I'm not enough, right? So I definitely have those moments too. And people are always so surprised because I always seem like I have it together, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, that's the outside. I mean, Thank goodness I mostly do have it together. And a lot of times I'm on autopilot and I'm just doing because it has to be done. But sometimes, you know, when you sit in the dark by yourself in the quiet, you know, you do feel kind of beat down a little bit or do feel like your light is dimmed. It, um, it, and is it, it indeed, you know, can you find a way to let people in on that as well, too? Do you do that? I usually don't, right? So what happens is, you reach this pinnacle where you're just, you've had enough and then you might snap a little bit. And then people are like, Whoa, what's going on? And then you say, look, I'm tired, right? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm this, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing the other thing. And people keep piling on because they think you're okay. And they think you're, you know, and so, um, yeah, it's definitely, I think if you're human, you are going to experience that at some point. Um, but, you know, you pick yourself up and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and shake it off and and keep it moving. But, yeah, I mean, people are definitely out there, you know, and there it's just kind of funny that you asked that because, you know, I do do the, the Neuron Blanc and I love it and I'll travel all over the world doing them in different countries. Like, I just love it. And, you know, there was one in Philly, um, 
a couple of weeks, or just last mm-hmm. week or whatever. And, you know, I posted a cute video and I was just having a good time and I'm doing the Apache and I'm dancing <laughs> and I'm having a good time. And my friends are clowning me and, you know, I posted it and they're commenting like, oh Lord, what are you doing? And they're laughing. And I just, I felt so, it was just great to be out and be out with my friends and we were careful, but, you know, it was just so good to be out. And then someone sent me a text like no hello no how are you no how nothing no how nothing like how have you been or anything just a text about my weight what that was it not that's all and i was like so they saw okay. none of your light and joy and you being in the none of my light none of my joy time. none of my happiness having a great time they, being out at an event that i love that everybody knows i love and no hello, no how are you, how have you been, nothing, just a comment about, that was the text. And how did it make you feel? And then how did you overcome it? Or have you? I felt, it, it, talking about dimming a light, it completely dimmed my light. It changed my entire mood for at least two or three days. And this happened uh, like a week ago, and I still, every day, wake up like, how dare he do that? Like, it was insensitive, it was rude, it was thoughtless, and how dare you think that you were in a position with me to even just be that blatant and familiar. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, <clears throat> so, friend. And I think we'll end on these thoughts because I have a couple things. I have truly learned to combat those forces of darkness because they're always out there, especially if you're somebody like you or me, right. Elaine or Asia, who are trying to live in your light and share that light. There's always that darkness. This, it's almost that gentle reminder to let you know not everybody wants you to do good. Not everybody wants you to be in the, yeah, to bathe yeah. in the light. And what I've done recently is I just attacked it head on. I would just say, wow, that's very interesting that you sent me that. Too bad you couldn't see the joy that I was having in this body, being alive at this time. I wish you well. So I, I checked them on it and then I blocked right. them. That's the way to be a G these days. Well, so I did I did check, <laughs> right. you know, I did say, you know, I w- kind of went into the whole, well, hello, how are you? And I, you know, whatever. And I said, you know, you have no idea, which is very true. And I think all of us need to be mindful of this during this time. Because, you know, we're still knee deep in a pandemic. Things are going backwards. We're slip sliding backwards, the whole thing. And none of us are aware of what Absolutely. others are going through on Absolutely. a daily basis. We are just not aware, like, you know, whether it's personal, whether it's business, no matter what it is, you have no idea what somebody's dealing with at any point in time. And so we all have to learn, especially in this space right now, to lead with Mm. kindness. And that's what I said to Mm. him. I said, you have no idea what I'm dealing with. I said, this morning, I just had a whole situation. You know, you have, I said, this is not the day for this. I said, you should really learn to lead with kindness right now. Thank you for that. And that's how I and I think, mm-hmm. and I just yeah. Go ahead, hmm? continue what you're saying. No, I just I think that that's an important reminder for everyone right now because this is a tough time for everyone in particular, and we just have to do that. And I'm very, you know, I'm thankful for resilience. You know, um, I'm I'm thankful that I'm still standing, and my business is still standing, and my friends and my family are are healthy, and you know, we're all making it through this, and you know, very grateful for that. And you know, you, you all talked about that as well, like your community and you know, what nourishes you and, you know, 
what gives you strength. And we're all pulling on all these things to help us navigate this and get through this. And, you know, my COVID curves have held me over. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. For the last 15 months, my COVID curves have been just fine and, you know, have helped me manage this yeah. time, you know, where my business was closed and my son was out of school and, you know, the whole thing, like everything that everybody was doing. So I'm like, listen, dude, like it was just, ugh. you know, it, it still annoys me when I bring it up. But when you asked me about dimming the light, that was like a perfect example of something that just happened where it completely was like, want, 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 you know, kind of thing. After I just had come up the most fun night I've had in a long time. And wow. so, you know, yeah, people just, yeah. you know, I, I yes. don't know. They people. do what they do. Well, I wanted to. They well, do what they do. I want to tell you, you know. that, Stacey. I love the light in you, and I'm especially thankful for you this holiday season, this Thanksgiving. You are one of my dearest friends. Aww. I'm so happy that you're in my life. You are my family, and we have um, we're continuing to weather these storms of these very tricky times together, and uh, love harder, mm-hmm. laugh harder, eat heartily. You know, I'll have a cocktail. You don't drink so much. Um, and, um, you know, we'll keep doing this. All right. But happy Friendsgiving to you. You're my dearest friend. Happy Friendsgiving. I love you. It was perfect for you. That was a perfect episode for you because, you know, friends are so important to to you, to me. They're essential. And it was it was perfect. I love you. I'm grateful for you and our 50-year friendship. Wait, now, okay, that's the end of the podcast. Okay, that's, that's probably much. not possible since <laughs> But I'm just, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get the hook for you now. That's it. See, we tried to, we can't end it on a warm fuzzy, apparently. We just can't do it. We did, we did. We uh, Come no, on, it just, it just me. It wouldn't be a podcast with Stacey, you guys. All right? Until next time, uh, so let's say happy Friendsgiving to our people out there. Happy Friendsgiving. Happy Friendsgiving. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining us for an extended Bottomless Brunch. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. I've got some wonderful brunches coming up with folks like Cheetah Rivera, Danielle Brooks, and Ephraim Sykes. I can't wait for you to join me again. Brought to you by Crown Royal. Please, drink responsibly. Crown Royal Blended Canadian Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. The Crown Royal Company.